It was a chaotic start for Dr. Ebony Johnson. TPS, the state's largest school district with more than 30,000 students, was under the threat of takeover by the State Board of Education as State Superintendent Ryan Walters targeted former Superintendent Deborah Gist and TPS with criticism and ultimatums. Gist eventually stepped down, Johnson was appointed, and tensions cooled slightly. I feel like right now leadership is needed in a way that it's never been needed before and I'm honored to do that, Johnson told The Frontier during a recent interview. On this episode of Listen Frontier, Johnson speaks with us about her first few months on the job, her background in education, the threats facing TPS, as well as her plans for the district's future. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Listen Frontier. Today on the podcast, we have Tulsa Public School Superintendent Ebony Johnson. Uh, Dr. Johnson, how are you doing? I'm great this morning. Thank you. Woke up. It was a little chilly outside, but it is fall weather. We'll yeah. take it. The fall weather finally got here. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, we're going to just kind of jump right into it, I think. You've been uh, on the job now for a few months. It's been a, probably a hectic. Uh, you kind of just had to hit the ground running. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you, I mean, I know you, uh, McLean graduate, but how, you know, tell us a little bit about your sort of education journey and at what point you sort of decided or started to first think, maybe this is a career path for me. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, I'm a Tulsa and I grew up in North Tulsa. Um, at one point in my life, I thought I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. That's what I read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But prior to that, I um, had some teachers that really poured into me and I was drawn to English and drawn to speaking and just writing and reading. And so I always had that in the, you know, kind of like the back of my pocket of like, I knew that that was something that I really gravitated towards. Uh, fast forward, I realized that maybe not broadcast journalism, but maybe English and maybe I could teach students because. I had such a great experience in many of my teachers' classrooms, and I felt like I had a little bit of a gift there. And so, went to Northeastern State University in Tahlequah. Nice. At that time, I was a Redman, and so yeah. And so now we're the Riverhawks. Um, and so went there, and um, I truly felt like I was at home. And so I, um, you know, was in tons of organizations and just did so much while I was there, and um, just loved learning and loved education. And and so um, once I majored in English ed there, I went on to get a master's degree in administration from NSU as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when they, you know, just built the Broken Arrow campus. Yeah. So it was like between Broken Arrow and Tahlequah. And um, and from there, I received my doctoral degree from the University of Oklahoma. So um, that's my educational journey. Um, of course, I've been a teacher. I've been a teacher's coach, a dean, assistant principal, a principal, mm-hmm. um, all those various school level positions. And then um, I I went on to be an executive director of student and family support services. Uh, most recent position before this one was chief learning officer um, for the district and now interim superintendent. So you mentioned a teacher, you know, sort of how a teacher inspired you and to looking at different, you know, career choices. And I just always, I don't know, it's always neat to me when that happens because to me it was the same thing. I mean, I had a teacher in high school who he, I didn't come out in, in like mm-hmm. a, I didn't think at that point, like, oh, I'll be a newspaper writer, mm-hmm. but he let me write for the paper, for the school paper. And, and then I was in college and I was just sort of floating around thinking, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And I had a yeah. teacher who was like, you should write, you should be a writer. And then that's what it was. That's what sparked it. And it's just, I mean, you know, the relationships between teachers and students, you know, I think that sometimes from the outside, we think of a school as a place where, you know, the kids, they go, they learn, mm-hmm. they come back, but it's like, 
that a lot of times is where those decisions are made and those, you know, that sort of like that first spark to this is what I'm going to do, this is what I want to be, is a relationship between a teacher and a student. You're exactly right, Dylan. I'm so glad you brought that up because I always state that teachers are magical. Um, as a former teacher, I know the power of pouring into young people and really helping them with direction and seeing their gifts and actually talking to them about them and making sure that they know that they can actually have a career from the areas in which they shine. And so um, my hat's off. Um, to teachers every day and support staff members who support both the students and the teachers um, because I do feel like we all owe them um, you know so much gratitude because um, we're here today because they poured into us yeah that's what I think with you know my daughter's here with us today she's in second grade and I just think of the teachers that she's had you know going back to you know when she was 10 weeks old is when Mm -hmm. she started going to the school that my uh wife taught at, you know, and she had teachers when she was 10 weeks old that are still there that she still sees sometimes, you know, because those relationships are just always so special. That's right. Um, So you've been uh, at the job for a few months now. Um, Obviously, it was a very chaotic time, way to begin, you know, not a normal process of, you know, becoming a superintendent. It was sort of, there was a lot going on that the state board of ed, you know, talking about takeovers, you know, Dr. Gist leaving, but what, what has the, you know, the last couple of months been like for you as you sort of gotten into the role and got acclimated? What have you, what have you learned? What have you found? Yeah, one, I'll just say that prior to Dr. Gist leaving, I had the pleasure of working with Dr. Gist and working on her cabinet and learning a lot about what it meant to be in top leadership and just being able to have, you know, her leadership as a model for for what it means to lead in an urban, large urban district. I would say that, uh, yes, you're right. A lot of things start happening um, right at one time. And, um, you know, I kept thinking about the need of the student. I would say what I, one of the things I kept thinking about during the time that we had so many things going on is the need of the student. It's not fair to them that we we are out here having to wrangle and, and um, do a whole lot of things around their learning. Their learning is paramount, and it's critically important that they remain the constant, even though there's a lot of variables that's happening all around them. And so within my leadership, I realized that I had to make sure that education and the quality of education and students being put first remain the constant in our work and that was the center of our work and so it helped me to be able to you know um, navigate through all of the other things that were happening with our state all the things that are happening here locally with the change and um, Dr. Gist stepping away um, I just kept reminding myself that there's young people like your daughter that's at school every single day and we have to be our best for them they deserve for us to be on point. They deserve for us to give them a quality learning experience. They deserve for them um, to have great relationships with their teachers, as you mentioned earlier. Um, And so that is what carried me and carried our district through during a time like this. So I read a story um, the other day in Tulsa World where they had interviewed you about about the position, and you're the interim superintendent right now, and they asked you if you know, that was something that you would be interested in full time, you know, and you, you said yes. Um, the board 
uh, did not make that happen yet, but they it seems like there's maybe some momentum um, for that. I mean, can you describe what um, what that would be like for you to you know to kind of take the interim tag off and know that I'm in this position you know for the long haul? Yeah, and I'll say, Dylan, you know, I am so appreciative of our board. You know, when I was voted in as interim superintendent, the vote was six one in my favor, and so I know that I have the support of the board, but I also know that this is a a, a big seat that they have to make a decision about and I respect the fact that they have a process in which they feel like we for sure need to go through in order to feel absolutely certain about who's in the role. I completely and utterly understand that and respect it. Um, Absolutely I am interested in being the superintendent for Tulsa Public Schools and the work that I'm doing and have done for the past few months I believe is setting a nice blueprint for what the work is going to look like in the future if I'm named superintendent. I continue to lead as if I am the superintendent because I feel as if I am. And I lead in a way that I put students first and I support my teachers, my staff, so that we can continue to provide those experiences for our young people. And so I feel honored. I feel humbled and grateful to be in this seat. I, again, am a Tulsan where I attended schools in Tulsa Public Schools. Um, So many um, people um, saw things in me and poured into me and helped me through my challenges as I grew up in North Tulsa. And so I count it an honor to give back to our district in this way. Um, I feel like right now leadership is needed um, in a way like it's never needed before. And I'm honored to be in the seat to do that. Is that a special feeling for you? I mean, you know, getting to go back to schools that you attended, uh, classrooms, you know, maybe even teachers or staff are still from, you know, from when you were a student. Is that a special feeling for you in this current role that you're in? Oh, it's very special. It's very special. It makes this job both personal and professional. And um, I'm very protective of our district. I, uh, I know, um, you know, the amazing people that have graduated from Tulsa Public Schools who are gone on to do amazing things, not only in our state, in our country and beyond. And so um, I'm, I, you know, count it an honor to be amongst alumni who um, who have gone on to do great things as well. And so, yeah, when I step into classrooms and buildings, like I was able to go over to Anderson Elementary, it used to be Anderson Middle School when I was a student there, um, I get excited. I, you know, I went over to McLean um, at the beginning of being named interim superintendent and did some media there. And I was just excited to be in, in the hallways in which I was once a student, was once the principal, um, you know, and it definitely drives me to want to see our district go to the next level um, because this is home. You know, I was thinking too about um, the, the school, you know, district as a whole, and it's what, 30,000 students? Yeah, like 34. 34,000 students. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of it's a lot of, of kids, and not only just kids, but kids from different backgrounds with different needs. And yes. so what are some of the things that you're your focus on, you know, sort of like front of mind issues um, for you right now. I know you mentioned uh, absenteeism and mm-hmm. that was in the report cards. Um, you know, along those lines, what are some of your main focuses right now? Yeah, you know, as you stated, we have upwards of 34,000 students. We're the largest school district in the state. We are a large urban school district. And so with that comes a beautiful challenge. We have diversity. We have students from various backgrounds who bring us, um, you know, all of their amazing experiences and 
and we have some gaps we have to fill um, with our students when it comes to learning. And so some of the challenges I would say, of course, is, you know, just making sure that our students are academically on track. Um, some of our students did have some learning gaps as a result of the pandemic, so helping our students through all of those things that they had not mastered and getting them back up to speed um, is definitely a challenge. Um, we have a large um, multilingual learner population, which again, <clears throat> it's beautiful and it's a challenge in that we want to make sure that we have the teachers, the resources, all of everything that we need in order to take those students to the next level with their academics and their learning. Some of our students who come in, they do not speak any English, and so we have, you know, um, challenges there. We're making sure that they actually get what they need in order to then demonstrate that they have grown and that they're learning. Um, we also have our African American student population that we continue to work with regarding decreasing suspensions, increasing academics. Um, we have other um, groups of students that we want to make sure that are coming to school every day and that they're not chronically absent and that they're involved in their learning and that they're engaged with their academics. And so I would say the challenge is, is, is varied, it's wide, but um, we have amazing teachers and amazing principals and counselors and support staff members and teams that every day they go in it to win it for our young people, um, sitting them down, talking to them about their academics, making sure that they're using data to drive the instruction, ensuring that the classrooms are managed well, um, you know, getting the help that they need and the time that they need it as far as the teacher and the student. And so um, those are some of the things that we continue to overcome. And then also the chronic absenteeism work, um, teacher shortage. Um, so we have several different things that we um, work towards overcoming on a daily basis, but we do it. And one of the things that comes up every month um, because of the st uh, State Board of Ed meetings is um, the reading scores and they want mm -hmm. you know reading achievement to go up and I know it's not people obviously are interested in in that and what's going on um, I know the it's not always that easy to just every month mm -hmm. come but or, you know this is the progress we've made in in four weeks but I don't I also don't think that the Board of Ed meetings are a great place for people to sort of to learn what's being done because it is such a, it's kind of a quick, you know, it's a, you're giving a quick report and not everyone has time to watch those board of ed meetings, but it is a, a serious topic and what, um, you know, are there, obviously you can't go fix it in a month or two months or six months, a, a year even, but what is being done to kind of bring those scores up? I mean, it's, you know, we're into November now, uh, you know, I know you're not going to look at a graph and say, look at all the improvement in the last four months, but you know, that is obviously something you guys are, are working on. What is being done there? Yeah, thanks for that question, Dylan. I'll say that so much. Um, so starting off, looking at the data, uh, making decisions around it. So there are weekly meetings that take place where um, our school leaders, as well as our teachers, as well as our district office teams are consistently looking to see how students are progressing. That data comes from our regular cadence of interventions that our students are getting. So um, across our you know K through five space, our students are getting what's called a mirror learning, um, coupled with some other resources as well, iStation and Achieve 3000 and other resources that our students are engaged in, in order to close 
gaps and to get the students where they need to be and aligned to proficiency. And so um, we have, a, like I just stated, a universal set of intervention there. We also have intervention at our middle schools where our students are getting what's called READ 180 support. And again, those are intervention programs to actually close learning gaps for students and helping them to get on track. Um, so those are some of the sets of information that we report on. Um, in addition, we are also aligning more intently than ever to the Oklahoma State Standards. So, you know, we, um, we knew that it was critically important that our teachers had a really good understanding of what the intended outcome is and how the students are going to then be evaluated whenever they do take the Oklahoma Academic um, State Test or the OSTP. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so more and more we are ensuring that teachers understand how to teach those state standards and how to be aligned so that when the students actually sit down in April um, as a third through eighth grade student and as an 11th grade student when they take the ACT, we've done everything we can do to get them prepared. So all of those things uh, we're doing and we're teaching them the core information that they need to know on their grade level. So we've adopted um, state adopted text um, that are approved by the state um, in order to make sure that our students are not just getting intervention work, but they're also being exposed on a very consistent basis daily um, to their core instruction, which is on grade level learning as well. And you, you know, you mentioned your background and how you got to, to where you are now, and so obviously you have a lot of experience, but in your you know, short, short time as, and you've been at TPS, so you, you know, it's not, these are new issues to you, but in your time as superintendent, has anything surprised you? I mean, is there anything that you, you got in and sort of, you know, got to lay the land and thought, oh, that's an issue that I wasn't aware of or didn't know as much about, you know, is there anything that surprised you? No, I would say nothing surprised me. I've, um, the previous schools in which I've worked, I've worked in schools where as soon as I stepped into the building, there was challenge all around me. Um, and I've been able to navigate in those settings. Of course, this is at a macro level, um, but I'm not surprised at anything that has come forth. I think more than anything, just wanting to make sure that I'm responsive right now in real time. You know, I've, I've stated in, in past, there are three R's that's guiding my leadership and guiding our work. One, being responsive, because as you know, we talked earlier, um, as far as your daughter going to school, they're going to school every day and we have to be responsive to their needs. Right now, in the moment, they don't have time to wait. They're growing every day. Um, and so responsiveness is critical and important. And then also just being results oriented and just making sure that like, all this work that we're doing, that's fantastic. And are we seeing the actual growth from it? Are we seeing the results from it? And then lastly, resilient and just making sure that even though we are in the midst of quite a bit of change and a lot of things going on, um, we're going to rise out of this and be an exemplar district. And so just making sure that even in all of the things that are coming our way on a regular basis, that we keep those three R's right there at the top of the forefront of our work and our mind, we're going to be fine. So uh, going back to this summer, you know, I was thinking time moves so fast that sometimes you think last summer feels like two years ago. But going back to last summer, we were, you know, we were at Board of Ed meetings and we there's press conferences, some outside of this building. Um, and at the time, you know, that was the takeover concerns or there were a lot of issues going on. And at, and at the time, I remember when even when you were named as interim superintendent, it, there was sort of uh, like a message to parents that went out that was, hey, school's going to start. It's going to start on time. It's going to be okay. It's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff going on now, but school's going to start and it's going to be all right. 
has has it been all right? I mean, has the have the last few months been okay? And also, do you have a message for parents? You know, today looking back on the last few months about you know how the school year has gone and what the next semester will be like. Yeah, <clears throat> love that question. Uh, I'll tell you what drives me every day to come to work, to go out to schools, to see our teachers and our students, is that things are okay. Um, Teachers are working really hard. Our students are showing up and doing amazing things. I've been so proud of our district's um, level of resilience and their ability to move forward and um, serve our students. Um, And so absolutely things are okay. We're seeing a decrease right now in our chronic absenteeism. We have data that shows that our students are academically moving in the right direction, so we're very, very proud of that. Um, We were proud of what we saw with our A through F report card, where we did see some growth. Um, Three of our schools are no longer on the F um, list, and so we were very, very, three Three, we have three less F schools, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had several of our schools that went off of F to a D. And so, um, so very proud of that growth. Um, we're also very proud of our post-secondary readiness growth, where um, we actually exceeded, exceeded the state's average on our students having post-secondary opportunities. And so, um, all of those things mean that we're going in the right direction. Do we have a ways to go? Are there serious sets of work that still has to happen um, in the immediate? Absolutely. And um, I do not want to leave this conversation with there being an impression that we are not paying attention to the hard work that's ahead of us. Um, So it's absolutely right there. And it's my challenge. And it's the challenge of our entire district to meet the goals that we have set. Um, But when it comes to the way in which we are moving right now, I'm very, very proud of Tulsa Public Schools. Okay, Dr. Johnson, thank you very much. It no, was a thank you, Dylan. You. Yeah, nice to meet you, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. All right, thank you.